Hi, everybody. This is Chad Martin with Base Firm Up, back with the most recent of our new podcast series, Meet the Team, which is our opportunity to give you a little bit of an introduction to our folks around the world. I'm excited for today's episode. Uh, it's my friend and colleague, Eduardo Emmerich, who is our U.S. country lead and one of our newest partners at Base Firma. Ed, how are you doing today? I'm very good, Chad. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you. So, Ed, you have an interesting background in in transfer pricing, and uh, I might just add in life as well. Uh, let's get right into it. So, starting off, give us a little bit of of your background. Um, you know how you came into transfer pricing, and just as importantly, what's kept you here. Sure thing. So, uh, so I was born and raised in Venezuela, and I came to the U.S. when I was uh, sixteen. Um, trying to pursue both uh, my dream of playing professional baseball, but uh, also pursuing, you know, academics. And uh, come to find out, I wasn't as good as I thought it was. Uh, I did get to play a little bit of college baseball and and uh, dabbled for a couple of weeks in professional uh, sports. But uh, my first encounter with transfer pricing came as a result of my master's program that I did at the Bush School at Texas A and M. So as um, I'm, I'm, I hope many of our listeners can relate to, there was a uh, very famous professor at Texas A&M called Dr. Lorraine Eden, who taught a course on transfer pricing. So she was kind of the first introduction to this uh, this great and wonderful world that we work. And, um, you know, a lot of us took took her class, you know, as part of the class. She invited a lot of uh, professionals, big four professionals to come and, uh, you know, give introductions into what the life of a transfer prof- professional looks like. And um, they use that, you know, as, as a recruiting uh, strategy. So I got connected there with, um, you know, EY at first, which is where I came from. And uh, I started my career in, in the Houston office of EY, where I spent uh, close to 12 years. And, uh, you know, about two years ago, I made the decision to to join this great, great company that we both work for, Base Firma. Um, I guess the second part of your question, what has kept me in transfer pricing? Well, that's a multifaceted answer, I guess. Um, you know, it's a, it's a very dynamic field. It seems like it's changing and the rate of change itself has increased over the last last few years. So, you know, we're always on, on our toes. We're always learning. Um, I think the opportunity to learn about different industries and different clients and um, get to use different tools, you know, Word and Excel and PowerPoint and Power BI and Alteryx and, and meeting with clients face-to-face and also the opportunity to, to pursue, you know, new opportunities, new businesses, doing business development. I think all of those things have been, you know, very attractive to me. They've they've uh, been a big part of why, I, why I've stayed in this field for close to 14 years now. You know, Ed, your your story always makes me uh, question our recruiting strategy. I'm wondering how many professional or semi-professional athletes are out there maybe have uh, transfer pricing as their plan B. So, you know, we, we might be barking up <laughs> the wrong tree at colleges. We should be out there at... Uh, at minor league uh, baseball games. Hey, there's, there is a lot of grit and perseverance in, in, uh, in athletes, which I think makes for, for a good transfer pricing professional. So I think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying. Well, you, you never know if it doesn't work out with, with Shohei Otani, you know, we, we've got a spot <laughs> for him here at, at base pharma. So, yeah. uh, so 
<laughs> so speaking of which, uh, you you mentioned you came over like I did uh, from EY a couple of years ago to base firma. I'm curious, you know, can you describe, you know, what it is about your role that you particularly enjoy, um, what your position, you know, brings to you professionally and personally here at base firma? Sure. So I think the the life of a transfer pricing professional, like I suspect in most most careers, kind of goes through an evolution, right? And my role now looks very different than my role, you know, two years ago and definitely 10 years ago. Um, I think that what I enjoy the most now about my career really is the business development side of things. So having the opportunity of meeting clients for the first time and presenting, you know, the value proposition that base firma has is unique. And it's something that I've, that I have thoroughly enjoyed and, uh, and, you know, being, being at a smaller firm or smaller than, you know, let's say some of the big four presents that opportunity, right. To, to take the lead in business development uh, pursuits, in, in trying to sell and in, in, in presenting, again, the, this value proposition that I think we have to our clients. So speaking of your, you know, maybe business development or, you know, market facing side of your job, you know, historically speaking, or maybe, you know, currently, do you have any areas of specialization, you know, that you would say in transfer pricing, whether that's an industry, whether that's a type of transaction, you know, are there specific types of projects that you particularly enjoy or do you consider yourself, uh, you know, maybe a, a, a jack of all trades generalist in the transfer pricing world? I'd definitely say generalist probably is is the best label. Um, and, and this may not be the uh, the sexiest answer, but uh, I've really enjoyed just kind of your plain vanilla global documentation projects. You know, a lot of times it's it's undersold by advisors and and there's this idea that it is a commodity. Um, but I see a lot of value in making sure that our clients, you know, are in compliance with, with local regulations. Um, and it also gives us, gives me an insight on maybe ways that our clients could do things better, right? Which a lot of times brings ETR uh, benefits and may reduce risk. And, and a lot of times they, both of those happen at the same time. So the global documentation projects, I would say, um, you know, are, are near and dear to me. They're they're a big part of my day to day. I would say that the the other part that I enjoy as much, if not more, is controversy. Um, you know, being able to defend our clients with robust arguments, uh, with the truth, uh, and going against taxing authorities has always been one of the more enjoyable parts of, of my job. Um, you know, I would say that alongside those two, you know, planning opportunities are always great because they tend to bring a lot of value to our clients. So from a, uh, you know, a relationship perspective, from, you know, the value proposition perspective, those tend to be, you know, very positive. Um, so yeah. I would say those three are the most favorite types of projects that I work on. Yeah, and I have to 
tell our audience, I, I think you're being a little humble there. I, I, I've seen you personally manage global documentation engagements with 80 to 100 jurisdictions and countries, uh, about as easy as anyone could possibly make it look. Uh, <laughs> well, so. I appreciate that, Chad. I think, I think you and I will, will probably share this sentiment, but we have a lot of really good mentors and counselors that have, uh, that have helped us right get to that point. Uh, and, and you mentioned, you know, 80 to 100 countries. I think that's also been a great part or, or one of my favorite parts of the global documentation projects is you get to interact with people from from many different countries. Right. And, and you get to learn a little bit of the, the nuances and maybe the, uh, the localizations of each country that, that make our job so unique. Um, but those personal relationships that you get to form with people when you're working on these really big global documentation projects have been probably one of the more special parts of, of my career. You know, I know this is a little bit of a side note, but as, as part of these, some of these big global documentation projects that you mentioned, you know, I had the opportunity to, to travel to the, to India, uh, and you and I were there together. And, and those are the probably the most fond memory that I've had of my career are some of the friendships and the relationships that I got to form while I was there. Absolutely. The the friendships, the relationships, I mean, that's just as important as the professional component, but even in the, you know, strictly professional sense, in a lot of ways, you know, a simple visit, an in-person visit to a different country, a different team can be a whole year's worth of remote or virtual uh collaboration in, in my opinion right oh, absolutely. it's, uh, it's I mean, harder to come by these days but still super important yeah I'm a, I'm a big advocate with with our team here in the u.s to pursue those in-person meetings whenever possible because you're right i mean i think the the relationship that you get to form over a cup of coffee or over a meal is worth you know hundreds of calls uh and it really facilitates and and can make communication easier going forward uh, when you're able to meet a person face to face. Absolutely. And I think, you know, maybe the other interesting component of your career and how it's developed, you know, you and I have known each other for over a decade now. Um, and you've spent, I guess, uh, a, a couple decades in Houston, Texas, right? One of the I guess most dynamic and fastest growing markets in the United States. Right. So maybe in the early 1980s, 1990s, Houston had this reputation of, you know, being an energy focused market. Uh, and in the 2000s, 2010, 2020s, uh, has really kind of blossomed into this diversified, uh, you know, economic powerhouse in the United States. So how is your position in Houston kind of contributed to the, you know, the amount and the nature and the depth of industries and, and companies that you've dealt with over your career? Yeah, you're right, Chad. I think Houston has undergone, you know, a, a really important evolution over, over the last, uh, you know, few years, decade. Um, but I would say that that also applies not only to Houston, but to areas such as Austin and, uh, and Dallas, right, where you, you spent a good amount of time. I think, you know, Texas itself holds after California holds the most fortune 500 companies in the U S so it's an important powerhouse, obviously still from a, from an oil and gas perspective, which is a very in interesting industry and, and near and dear to, to me. And I think to us, but yeah, I've, it, I've, I've gotten the chance, the opportunity to work with companies in the, in the medical sector, uh, companies in the technology sector, 
you know, manufacturing companies. So the, the spectrum of industries that operate out of Houston is increasing, you know, on a daily basis. And that brings along opportunities, opportunities for growth, opportunities to provide value to these clients. You know, Houston's also a big hub for Latin American companies. And, uh, you know, if you guys listen to episode one of Meet the Team podcast, you'll hear a little bit of the, maybe the history of Base Firma and, and our connections and our roots to, to Latin America. So Texas has a big border with Mexico and lots of trade with Latin America. So we've also have been able to help startup companies that come and see Houston as, you know, a good genesis for the U.S. operation. So it's been very interesting. You know, I'm really excited also for, for what the future holds for, for Houston and for Texas. Yeah. And in a nod to your uh, previous comment about in-person meetings, you know, Houston and, and Texas in general is a great place to do that in the summer where there's literally uh, no other option than to be in an air-conditioned office. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah. Close quarters make for great, you know, conversations. Uh, you, you say that and it feels like 150 degrees in, in Houston today. Well, as you know, I, I like to rub it in being a uh, 6,000 feet uh, higher elevation than Houston here in Colorado, but uh, I won't do that here in front of a public audience today. Uh, so at switching gears, you know, a, a question I like to ask our team and, you know, that's, I think, you know, we have a shared importance on both in our personal lives and our professional careers is this, you know, this question of values, right? So what I wanted to ask you for our audience's uh, knowledge today is, you know, which values either prefer personal, professional, you know, take this question where you will, which values are most important to you? And how do you see those reflected every day at Base Firma, whether it's with our team, whether with it's, you know, our engagements, the way that we conduct business? Curious how you see those. Sure. I think the first two that came to mind when when you asked the question were respect and integrity. Um, and I think, you know, if I think about the word respect, uh, you know, I think it, it has to be seen from the personal side of things and also from the professional side of things. So for people that know me know that I, you know, very, uh, I, I like to give respect to people. Um, I'm not one to be confrontational in nature. And that's something that I try to instill in, in our team. It's something that I always give to our clients, um, but also something that I, that I practice in my own life. First and foremost with my wife and my kids. Um, and I know I'm not always successful in that, but it's something that I practice on a daily basis and I try to do my best with it. And then integrity has to be in everything that we do. Uh, if we want to be a sustainable firm, uh, if we want to have, you know, good relationships with our clients, there needs to be an integrity in how we do things. Uh, there needs to be integrity in our advice and our messaging to our clients. And there needs to be integrity in the relationships that we have, both internal, so inside uh, base firma and with our team members, but also with our clients. Uh, you know, one of the, the criticisms that I've always had with the consulting world is that there's a lot of advisors that are willing to do a pillage and burn approach and, and try to maximize profits in the short term. And a lot of times that comes at the detriment of, you know, long-term relationships. So to me, when I think of the word integrity, I, I also think of, of sustainability, sustainability of working relationships, uh, sustainability of the teams that we have, 
and sustainability of our relationships with our clients. I like what you said about the first value you mentioned there, Ed, which is respect. And it makes me think about kind of the organic nature of that value. And and I think that's an area I've learned a lot from you um, in the way that you conduct yourself professionally, right? So, you know, whether it's, you know, across ranks of a, an internal team, right? So treating the lowest intern with the same amount of dignity and respect that you would, you know, treat a senior partner or a region lead. I've always seen you do that. I've always seen you do that as well at the client end of, you know, acknowledging the janitor at our client sites just as much as you would acknowledge a senior VP of tax or a CFO that we're we're talking to. So I I could personally attest to that value. And I, I think you're spot on in how it, you know, feeds up to the culture of a business. I appreciate those words, Chad. Um, you can't see my face, but I may be blushing. He's blushing a little bit, and I, I would add uh, to make you blush a little more. Anyone who's who's met uh, Ed's kids can also uh, attest to the fact that he's done a great job in instilling those values in in his own personal life as well. So, Ed, you know, I, I've really enjoyed our conversation today, as I always do. Uh, anything else that the audience should know about you or do you have any questions for me uh, before we wrap up today? So what I'd like the audience to know is that I really enjoy meeting new people. Um, you know, I really enjoy coffee. So if there's anyone out there that that would just like to, you know, have a coffee, go have lunch, you know, I'm, I'm usually available. Those are two of my favorite things in the world. Uh, so please reach out, you know, I don't, doesn't matter if you have a transfer pricing question or not, like reach out. I'd love to sit down and, and get to meet you and, and hear your story and, and have some coffee or meal in the meantime. Uh, and then questions for you, Chad. Yeah, I actually have one and, uh, and I hope you don't get too upset at me for asking this and I'm going to put you in the spot. So it may take a while for you to come up with, uh, with the answer, but, uh, you and I have had some, some a lot of memories together. Um, so what I want to ask you is what is your favorite memory of us? I know, I know that sounds a little bit corny and that, that, and that's fine, but I wanted to ask you what, what's the fondest memory you have of us? Well, I, I'm glad you're going to put me on the spot here. Cause it, it's going to make me speak probably more honestly than if I was on script here, but this one's actually easy. Uh, so you mentioned we've been to, to India together several times. Um, I have a very distinct memory of, of you, me, and one of our other colleagues uh, going home from the office in an auto rickshaw uh, in the uh, Bangalore traffic and the sweltering heat of March or or whenever it was that we were there. Super hot, super dry weather. Um, we're in this rickshaw and we just kind of spontaneously invent this very weird and bizarre song about MG Road, uh, which is the road that we are taking home um, or back to the hotel from the office. And I, I don't know why it's my favorite memory, but I, I it, it's stuck in there. And I think, uh, you know, it was just kind of one of those intersections of being with friends and colleagues and, uh, just having a really unique experience that, you know, probably when I was 15 or 16, having no idea what I was going to be when I grew up 
would have made no sense to me, right? And uh, I never could have imagined, but but finding myself there in that moment, um, I, I've always looked back on that fondly. You probably remember, don't remember that at all, but I I, 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 I can I recite the she wrote well. song for you. <laughs> I don't remember the song, but I do remember the day. And I remember the memory, so. Great. Well, lots more to come. Uh, and I want to reiterate your offer to our audience uh, to... To, to grab coffee in Houston with a, uh, it, I guess you could uh, take it either way, a transfer pricing professional or a briefly uh, professional athlete. Ed's autographs are currently free. <laughs> Mar- market value, we're, yeah, we'll work on that. But, um, you know, Ed, in all seriousness, thank you so much for the conversation today. Looking forward to getting this out on the air. Uh, I think you provide uh, a great perspective for our Meet the Team series. So, so really appreciate it. No, I appreciate you, Chad, and the uh, the opportunity, the platform. And uh, yeah, thank you very much. Wonderful. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back very soon with our next installment. Uh, Ed, again, thank you. And we'll see everyone soon.